right as pitchers like Brian Bayo and James Paxton come back from an injury, another pitcher goes on the IL. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Jake Nazuski. And it's really incredible how early the injury bug has already hit the Boston Red Sox. Obviously, Laura and I have spoken about it a lot. Brian Bayo, James Paxton, Garrett Whitlock, all getting hit with injuries early on in spring training. Luckily, Brian Bayo was on the mound in his spring debut on Sunday. Garrett Whitlock had his spring debut last week. James Paxton is finding a way to come back. We're going to speak more about that later on in the episode. But the Red Sox got hit with yet another injury with Joey Rodriguez, their left-handed bullpen arm that was signed this offseason is now probably an IL situation, according to Alex Cora, after he was taken out of the game due to soreness in his right torso area. And sort of what Alex Cora said is that he's sore. You know, we may know more in the coming days on how he'll come back, but probably do some imaging to see where he's at. But according to Alex Cora, Rodriguez is in pain. And this sort of puts the Red Sox a little bit into a bind where they need to figure out another left-hander that might be able to fill into that bullpen position for Rodriguez. But it's just tough, especially as somebody who's not only a fan of the team, but also reports on the team to see all these different guys, not only coming back from injury, but also coming back from the WBC, you know, and gearing up ready for opening day to get momentum into the season as much as possible. And it's just tough to see, Right as guys are starting to come back, another injury sets the Red Sox back. And now they essentially have to find somebody to fill in that position for Rodriguez. It's not as easy as, you know, a Caleb Ort or a Zach Kelly just being slotted into that situation. The Red Sox need another left-handed arm. And yes, they have Richard Blyer, but in a bullpen, you usually need more than one left-handed arm to be able to switch things up out of the pen, give batters different looks, and also to have more than one option that isn't right-handed, obviously. And so internal options, sort of that the Red Sox could fill in for Rodriguez, Ryan Sheriff, or Adenir Mosquito. I tried my best to pronounce that for those who have listened to this podcast, you know, over the last year. So I'm not that great at pronunciation, tried my best, but, you know, specifically speaking with these two guys, 32 year old sheriff uh, appeared in 44 games of major league experience over his career, over four seasons has posted a 365 ERA. The Red Sox picked him up on a minor league contract uh, during this off season. And the Mosquito He's an international free agent prospect uh, who the Red Sox ended up signing in 2015 and carries a little bit of injury. He was somebody who started in the Northeastern game, the first game that the Red Sox played during the 2023 season or spring training season. And over this spring training, he's pitched in five games, 5.1 innings with a 169 ERA and 
played in Portland last season with a 430 ERA over 45 games. And makes me a little bit nervous with Mosquito. He's he's somebody who I think, especially with his inability to be super productive out of the bullpen uh, in, in Portland, I, I would like him to have a little bit more experience in AAA before he gets the opportunity in the majors. But from what Cora says, he trusts Mosquito a lot. He says he throws strikes and has deception. Analytics-wise, his stuff is really good, and he can go multiple innings too. And, you know, especially with all these different injuries that have come up with the Red Sox, they got to have depth, and that's exactly what they have. Luckily, you know, Bloom came into this offseason understanding sort of how last season went with the injury bug that happened with the team during the second half, which really bit them on the butt, especially in the rotation. You know, we saw guys like Connor Sebo, Josh Winkowski, Brian Bayo sort of having to fill those spots and were sort of put in tough positions where they weren't really ready. And so, you know, I'm sort of nervous that that could happen similarly to a guy like Mosquito, you know, a guy like Sheriff has a little bit more major league experience and, and has the ability to, you know, be a little bit more effective in my mind from that experience against major league competition. And so my, my thought would be Sheriff is the best option to fill in, but Mosquito is another guy who is an intriguing option. If the Red Sox injury bugs continue to stack up more and more, but this is why depth is so important. And, and this is why it's nice to be able to, you know, have as good of pitching depth as the Red Sox do have in their system, which is uncharacteristic from what we've seen with the Boston Red Sox over the last, you know, 10, 15 years or so. They, they've struggled to have effective young pitching come through the system. But it's nice that Bloom has been able to stock that up, especially with the amount of guys that they've had to fill in with these injuries happening left and right. But it was nice to see a guy like Brian Bayo come back on the mound uh, during Sunday's game, made his spring debut, pitched after Nick Pavetta ended up uh, pitching four innings uh, against the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll talk about Pavetta first. He, he ended up, like I said, uh, having four four frames under his belt, allowing four hits, four earned runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. Not Pavetta's best appearance, especially from what Lauren and I spoke about last week, because in Pavetta's last start, just a few days ago, it looked like his best stuff. It looked very intriguing, especially for a Red Sox rotation that has a lot of pressure on them to really be able to have effective innings out there and productive innings, especially with how old some of the pitchers at the top are, like Chris Sale, Corey Kluber, or James Paxton, and also sort of injury riddled with, with with those three guys that, that I just mentioned. And so a guy like Pavetta is going to be very important with being able to eat up innings like he's been able to do since joining the Red Sox. But you also want to have them be effective innings. But, you know, Pavetta is what he is. You know, we, we know this by now. He's He's been on the Red Sox over two years or so. And he's going to give you some of those good games where he throws a one hitter or two hitter here or there. And then, you know, he's going to blow up out of nowhere where, he allows, you know, three to five runs or so. And and so you never really know what you're going to get out of Nick Pavetta. It was tough to see him struggle a little bit against the Phillies on Sunday. And, you know, one thing that really stuck out to me is he allowed two home runs against the Phillies. And last season he was ranked 10th in all of Major League Baseball with 27th 
home runs allowed. And so this is one statistic that I, I think he really needs to stay away from this season if he wants to be a, as effective as possible, especially in Fenway Park. We, we all know with that left field wall, with the short right field fence, it's super easy to hit a home run in Fenway outside of, you know, center field, which is 410 away. But at the same time, Nick Pavetta needs to find ways to keep balls out of up in the zone, which really hurt him on Sunday and start, you know, both of those home runs were due to balls, you know, either right down the zone or, you know, the second one was up in the zone. And so especially avoiding those and trying to be consistently not allowing home runs. I, I think that could really help Nick Pavetta, you know, as we saw, you know, in his start on Sunday, it's already starting to bite him in the butt early on in, in 2023. So hopefully he can avoid that. But it was really nice to see a guy like Brian, Brian Bayo back on the mound after that forearm soreness early on in spring training. You know, the Red Sox allowed him to rest up and build back up over the last three to four weeks or so, which, you know, we've talked about is, is I think the best way to go about Brian Bayo's injury especially with how young he is, with how much potential he has, and how important he's going to be to this Red Sox rotation. I think, you know, allowing him to recover slowly and be able to build up and be ready and effective for opening day, I think is the most important and, and you know, the, the best way to go about his injury situation. Now, he, he looked like he didn't skip a step whatsoever in his spring debut, pitching two innings of hitless baseball and striking out three batters. You know, his control was pinpoint. His changeup was looked unbelievable. And, you know, all of his pitches really looked like he, he had been pitching all throughout this spring and hadn't really, you know, been out and, and had forearm soreness and not really pitched consistently in games that where, where you know, there's real competition. And so it was nice to see him be able to, you know, look like that Brian Bale, like we saw at the end of the season, which was super dominant. And, and that's exactly what you want to see going into the season. Now, who knows exactly once he gets, you know, three, four, five innings under his belt, if he's going to be as effective, kind of like we saw on Sunday of hitless baseball. But that's very intriguing, especially with his strikeout stuff, as I mentioned, struck out three batters against the Phillies. So excited to see Brian Bayo back and healthy. And, you know, th this is really something that puts the rest of the league on notice that the one of the Red Sox best young pitchers is back. Not only Brian Bayo, but also Garrett Whitlock, which was really nice to see. And so luckily, even though, you know, Rodriguez, somebody that I spoke about at the beginning of the episode is injured. Luckily, the Red Sox are starting to get healthier and healthier, which is, which is exactly what you want to see. Another guy who, who is coming back and getting back healthier, James Paxton. He was said to have thrown a bullpen session on Saturday. And so that's exactly what you want to see. Justin Turner, another guy who returned to the lineup on Sunday. And so th this is exactly what you want to see going into, you know, a week or so before the season starts. Get momentum going. Get the guys jiving again. Get the vibes high so then the Red Sox can have as good of a, an April as possible. You know, we saw what happened last April. The Red Sox really fell flat, and it really hurt them. With, with the record as abysmal as it was early on in the season, it was really difficult for the team to be able to recover and to be able to stay consistently winning, not only with, with the lack of play, with the injuries down the stretch, obviously, but when you start off the season as 
tough as they did with, with the record that they did in April, the, the vibes aren't going to be there. You know, the momentum is not going to be there for the rest of the season. So especially with how much doubt there is on this Red Sox team, how much pressure and how much is really riding on this team being able to exceed expectations, I think even with all these different in injuries that are coming up, this team needs to go into the season uh, as hot as they can and really try and stack up the, those wins as much as they can early on in the year to ultimately help the momentum stay as high as possible, you know, going into May, going into June, and then, you know, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But very excited to see how, you know, so, some of the other players who could be really important death pieces for the team are performing so far uh, in spring training in, you know, over this last week or so. But we're going to speak more about those guys in our second segment. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. So this is an app that I have geeked out about ever since we've become a partner with them. I I've honestly been playing this game over the last few weeks. I don't know about you, but I have always dreamed of being a major league GM and managing my own professional baseball franchise. Well, if that was one of your dreams, then you can make it come true with this game. You manage every strategic aspect of your team. You play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're also responsible for hiring the right coaches, staff, managing the team finances, scouting and drafting players, and also managing their difficult personalities. And so, that's one thing, as you will know, with, with any sort of sports franchise, there's the guys who jive, there's the guys who are the cancer of, of the clubhouse. And so you can choose which person is going to be the cancer, which person is going to be the leader. You know, I honestly feel like I'm sort of, you know, managing a Red Sox 2.0. I've, I've always sort of wanted to be the Heim Bloom-esque type of person of a franchise, you know, not only being able to rebuild a team and get them to the championship, but also make sure that, you know, it's fun for the fans to watch. And you really feel like you're doing that with Ultimate, Ultimate Pro Baseball GM, the mobile app. And you can also navigate your franchise through free agency, through all the ups and downs. And I don't know about you, with what I've done so far, I've been keeping my homegrown talent. I've been spending money outside of from what we've seen from the Boston Red Sox over the last few seasons or so. I've tried to see what has not worked and was made the fans upset and, you know, try and counteract it with actually doing those things and, you know, promising success for the team that I'm the GM of, but you really got to check this out. If you've always dreamed of being a GM in baseball. So one other thing too, is that for locked on Red Sox listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out to download the game. Just visit pro baseball gm.com scan the code or look it up on the app store that's pro baseball gm.com ultimate baseball gm where you start your dynasty today so definitely go and make sure you check that out i don't know about you but i love you know trying to figure out ways to help a team win a world series and hopefully you know heimblum obviously has that goal. Hopefully the moves that he made throughout this offseason and the decisions that him and Alex Cora are going to make during this spring training can ultimately help the Red Sox win a World Series. But two guys that one of them Heimblum traded for in the Andrew Benintendi deal and another one that was drafted by the Red Sox in Cutter Crawford and Josh Winkowski 
both pitchers could play a big role as death pieces for this Red Sox team, especially with all the different injuries that have come up, you know, with different guys might not being able to be ready for opening day. One of these two guys could fill into that fifth spot or be a long reliever in the Red Sox bullpen, which could really be critical with some of these starters might not being able to, you know, go four to five innings. And you might need a guy like Josh Winkowski to come in and pitch and be able to be that bridge guy for the Red Sox bullpen arms to be able to be slid into the game. But we've seen Cutter Crawford, a guy who could be that fifth pitcher in the Red Sox rotation really do well on Saturday's game. Same with Winkowski, but we're going to talk about Crawford first. He pitched for four and two-thirds innings, only allowed three hits, two walks, and struck out five batters. And that's exactly what you want to see from Crawford, especially, you know, Lauren and I have talked about it, with how much he struggled last year, at least during the, the stretch where he was he was a starter. You know, allowing four to five runs, you just can't have that and be able to expect to win baseball games. And so, especially with a guy like Crawford, who already has some of those major league innings under his belt and that experience going against major league competition, you want to see a guy like Crawford improve and learn from his mistakes and take the offseason to be able to get better. And especially, you know, being able to showcase that he did get better in that time through his spring training starts. And we, we obviously saw Crawford really impressed last year going into the season. That's one of the biggest reasons why he was, you know, added to the 26 man roster to start the year in 2022. But this could be his, his way to do exactly that this upcoming season. And he's already showing it. And this is exactly what you want to, you know, give confidence to Alex Cora and Heim Bloom, as well as fans that, you know, Crawford can be a viable guy every fifth day and, you know, be able to give, you know, the Red Sox a productive start time in and time out now especially with the guy who's going into his second year who struggled a little bit had you know an upper five era last season you're not expecting him to go out there and pitch Cy Young stuff you would love that but you know if he can go out there and give you you know four to five innings of baseball where you know he only allows you know two to three runs you know maybe four runs here or there you know, that's sort of semi what you expect from a fifth starter. You don't expect him to give you a stuff. Now, it's always nice when he does do that. But, you know, hopefully from what we're seeing early on from Crawford, he's able to translate that to the regular season and be able to be as effective as he is in spring in the regular season. And actually this year, because, you know, like I said, he did that last year, didn't really correlate, but hopefully this year is different. Winkowski, the same thing. He seemed to have really channeled a different sort of uh frequency this spring training is is much fiery on the mound and also much more effective you know we saw last year you know really struggled you know sort of being put into a tough spot I talked about it earlier in the episode with, with you know the injuries that happened last year you know some guys were really just forced in these really tough spots and especially with a guy like Winkowski you can fault him a little bit for you know not you know, living up to, I guess, some of the expectations that Red Sox fans had of him, you know, being traded over for, for Andrew Benintendi. But, you know, when you don't have any experience uh, in in the major leagues and you don't really have that much experience, even in AAA, sort since he was sort of, you know, pushed up in the majors due to the injuries, can't really fault a guy too, too much. But it's always nice when he's able to take that experience and capitalize from it going into the offseason like Crawford did and also be able to use that work they did in the offseason to improve going into spring training. And, you know, we saw that on Saturday as well, pitching five innings, only allowing one hit, one walk, and striking out three batters. So 
both of these guys could be huge depth pieces for the Red Sox uh, during this next season. And, you know, this is exactly what you want to see. Very intriguing stuff. And, you know, hopefully they can continue it. Now, the biggest question is, you know, where will they start the season? If I was predicted right now, Crawford is the fifth spot. Winkowski is a long reliever. I, I think that's the exact spot to put both of them. And, you know, if there's only one spot uh, for either of them, I would pick Carter Crawford over Winkowski just right now. You know, I, I think Crawford's a little bit on the older side. He has, he has more experience, uh, not only pitching in Major League Baseball, but also pitching in the majors and what was much more effective, not too, too much in the, in the statistics, but was much more effective in different moments than Winkowski was last year. And I trust him a little bit more. Now, I think if Winkowski doesn't get that opportunity early on, he's definitely going to have probably a good amount of opportunities down the season. If this injury bug continues to bite the Red Sox in the butt, and it's always good to have good pitching depth, especially if they're pitching how both Crawford and Winkowski have so far through this spring training. And, you know, another guy who has been playing really good baseball, you know, so, so far over the last week or so, Adam Duvall, he is locked in right now. You know, we spoke about him last week hitting a home run. Well, has two home runs over the last three games and has also tacked on four hits with that as well. And especially with a guy like that, who's supposed to be your power bat in the middle of that lineup outside of Rafael Devers and really sort of has to prove that he was that player in 2021 for the Braves, obviously with an injury riddled season in 2022, you know, not really being that effective at the plate. You know, he, he sort of mentioned not only due to what led to his injury, but also, you know, exhaustion out there in center field, you know, really hurt him at the plate. You know, he's going to be playing center field for the Red Sox, you know, this season, who knows if, if, you know, he, he's able to battle that sort of, toughness that he had to go through in 22 with playing center field and is able to still be effective at the plate looks like so far in spring training all that matters is that correlates to you know opening day and you know the rest of the regular season but this is exactly what you want to see and this is the exact time for Duvall to dial in get momentum going into the season so then he can be so then he can be as productive as possible for the Red Sox offense now you know we spoke about you know Brian Bayo, Garrett Whitlock returning from injuries. There's also other guys who have returned from the WBC. Kiki Hernandez will be playing, played shortstop over the weekend, coming back from the WBC. Then we also saw Jorge Alforo. He was also back and hit a home run on Saturday, went one for three on Sunday. So it's really nice to see some of the WBC guys coming back, even though Obviously, you would have liked them to see have success and get a little bit further into the tournament uh, of the World Baseball Classic. This is the best time for, you know, some of these guys to come back. Kind of like I said, it's it's really important for, you know, the guys to jive, get the momentum, get the vibes as high as possible over this next week or so. So then you can just steamroll the teams right when opening day starts and the season ultimately opens up. And so it, it was nice to see some of those guys get back in action, get back in that Red Sox uniform and super excited to see how they're able to continue to build up and prepare uh, for this season. Alforo, you know, we've talked about it plenty of times when speaking about him. March 25th, five days away. Very important for him to continue to show Bloom and Alex Cora exactly why he deserves to be on this team, exactly why he deserves to get that 40-man roster nod 
or, you know, he has the opportunity after the 25th uh, to really be able to field those options of other major league opportunities. But I think especially with what he's shown early on in spring training, not only at the plate, but also defensively, this is the perfect opportunity for the Red Sox to have a good quality backup catcher that has major league experience and option Connor Wong down to AAA, allow him to get some more work in and really be able to show if he you know, really has a future with the Boston Red Sox on the major league roster. And so uh, very curious to see how, you know, the energy continues to be back. You know, these guys continue to drive after coming back from the world baseball classic, but we're going to speak a little bit more about the world baseball classic and also do a mental health minute going into our third and final segment of this episode. But before we do that, I just wanted to talk to you about FanDuel. So the tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back when your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance and a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And... Speaking about the World Baseball Classic, obviously, if you're watching the, you know, if you're watching the uh, video version, I got my USA hat on. You know, the game hasn't been played just yet. I'm recording this uh, on Sunday afternoon, but praying, you know, the the USA can find a way to get into the championship. But it's it's been a little bit tough to see some of the slander that's been going on about the WBC. I'm gonna wait to speak more about that in length with with, with Lauren over the next few days or so, but. In my opinion, I think that it's been an incredible tournament so far. You've really been able to see the energy and the passion from all these different players. Alex Verdugo really spoke about it, of, of how much he's loved playing for Team Mexico and the energy that he, he's really felt, you know, not only from the fans, but just playing the game. And it's really just you know, a playoff World Series type of atmosphere seven months before those games are actually played and and as a baseball fan you just you just gotta love it and you're really on the edge of your seat no matter what team is playing or what country is playing you're on the edge of your seat every single pitch because it's one game elimination and each and every single pitch really does matter kind of like it does in the playoffs and you really get to see these different guys express how much it means to them being able to represent their country and you heard it from you know Mookie Betts Mike Trout especially right after the stuff with Edwin Diaz happened Anybody can get injured at any point. You know, we, we saw it with Gavin Lux early on in spring training, ended up tearing his ACL out for the rest of the season. These guys played in spring training. You know, a guy like Edwin Diaz could get injured as well. You know, he wasn't even playing when he got injured. He was jumping up and down, you know, at the, you know, celebrating. We saw that happen with Prince Fielder after a walk-off home run, you know, 10-some-odd years ago. So, we even saw, you know, John Wall fall down the stairs in Tara's ACL, you know, talking about basketball but you know it's just another example you can really get injured anywhere chris sale another great example falling off his bike you know you really never know what can happen you know not only just in any sort of sporting game but also just in any aspect of life and 
injuries pop up, injuries happen, but that doesn't mean that you know you should you know throw shade at the WBC or say that they should cancel the tournament because one singular guy got injured. You know, obviously we saw Jose Altuve unfortunately got injured as well from you know Daniel Bard yet again getting the yips, which was really tough to see, especially for a guy you know played with the Red Sox in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You know, end up having his career, you know, sort of get shut down and luckily revived, uh, but, and was able to overcome the yips, but, you know, getting back to the point of the WBC, I think that it's such an amazing opportunity for players to be able to represent their country, for players to be able to, uh, you know, show their passion for the game and for their country and what they're really playing for that they just got to, you know, continue to do it every four years. It's, it's such an amazing, you know, tournament in, in, uh, you know, event for true baseball fans. And, you know, I've also heard other people say, you know, with March Madness happening, you know, who's even paying attention to, you know, the World Baseball Classic? True baseball fans are. And that's all that really matters. And you saw the stats, you know, people in Puerto Rico, 61% of households were watching it. You know, Japan, I think it was like 45% of households were watching it. And so, you know, people care, you know, especially people in just the overall world. And it's a great way uh, to really grow the game of baseball, which is exactly, if you're a baseball fan, that's exactly what what you want to see especially with you know all the slander as well that people have you know talked about with baseball that's boring and so you saw you saw it two nights ago with trey turner hitting his grand slam baseball is not boring you know uh you know rob bradford has a whole brand around it it's it's not boring and you know you saw it right there and turner even said that you know it was the biggest it was the biggest home run he's hit of his career it was the loudest you know game he's ever played and you know you a guy just doesn't say that like Trey Turner, who's played for, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers, played for the Washington Nationals, won a World Series with them, you know. So these guys who are saying these different things, you know, you just can't take it lightly when they have experience in some of the biggest stages in Major League Baseball. And so that's my thoughts on that. You know, curious to hear what Lauren thinks. But uh, going on to the mental health minute as well. You know, I, I think one thing that we do a lot is is get hard on ourselves about, you know, different aspects of life or, you know, just different situations that we go through. You know, we've talked about this plenty of times with the Mental Health Minute, but this is not only, you know, just a reminder for you, but just a reminder for you know myself as well. But uh, you, know, you just can't get hard on yourself and overthink about different, you know, little situations. You know, you're gonna, always going to be the hardest one on yourself and you can only control the controllables and, uh, you know. I think, you know, every experience is a lesson in and of itself. And uh, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for growth. And, you know, you didn't, you don't experience different things for no reason. Uh, in my opinion, everything does happen for a reason. And so if you're able to take something, even if, even if it's really little from, you know, every single situation, whether it's positive or negative that you go through, um, I think that makes you have a lot more wisdom and, you know, have a lot more experience uh, rather than if you don't take something uh you know from a different tough situation or a good situation and you know i had some of that stuff happen to me over the last few days over, over the last week or so and and really grateful that it did and you know really grateful you know I, I was able to uh you know use that experience as a great learning learning experience for for the future and so um just remind yourself to not only only not always be so hard on yourself everything happens for a reason and uh 
know, try and find a lesson or, or uh, a reason to grow from each and every single situation. But, you know, greatly appreciate everybody, as always, tuning into the Locked On Red Sox podcast. You know, we're going to keep you posted about everything that's happening with the Boston Red Sox leading up to the season. So if you have not yet, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, wherever audio platform that you listen to. Also, make sure to follow Locked On Red Sox on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox or myself. It's at Jake Iggy and also Lauren. It's La La La. Three laws, Lauren with four R's. But we greatly appreciate everybody tuning into Locked On Red Sox podcast and for making Locked On Red Sox their first listen of every single day. Now make your second listen and check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. You can find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast and over on YouTube as well. Make sure to go over and check those guys out. I've been listening. I've been studying up for my baseball fantasy baseball draft gotta win some money somewhere or, or another you know make make it even more fun to watch you know the, the game that we love to watch but we're going to continue to try and you know make that happen and give you give you as much knowledge and updates as possible regarding the red Sox leading up to the season so get excited buckle up red Sox baseball is back i hope you're as excited as i am but we're going to end this episode how we always end it keep the faith let's go Sox. peace